The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the loss to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Hey everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. This is Charlie, and this is Nathan, and we'll be your host for today. Welcome, welcome. We're happy to have you here. Hey, so yesterday, I was having a really interesting conversation with somebody. They walked up to me and they said, you know, I was having a conversation with another person this week, and they argued with me about which was more important. Is it more important to have an up-close, intimate relationship with Jesus, or... Is it more important to preach the gospel? And uh, my response was kind of really simple. I was like, um, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and I realized that at the core of what's going on in that question is a misunderstanding of what it really means to be a Christian and what it really means to follow Jesus. Because it seems, and this is the red flag that we're talking about today, that Many of us as Christians have created divisions and uh, created uh, sectionalizations. We've we've disjointed the what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Yeah. We have disjointed beliefs. Yeah, it's it's like we're not operating in wholeness. You could say. Imagine military units being disjointed from each other. Uh, one is flanking the east and one is flanking the west trying to overtake a region but there's no communication between the two the commander hasn't connected the dots for whatever reason that's going to be a problem for their operation even though both are operating maybe on their own at full strength at full capacity doing their best job but something's going to be off because they're not connected they're disjointed they're separated from each other Right. So in this question, for example, there's a fundamental misunderstanding to say that your relationship from Je with Jesus is completely separate from proclaiming the gospel. To say that is to is to completely miss what it means to be a follower of it, Jesus. It's like to say I've I've heard it said that like when Jesus said answering the guy, what's the most important things? <laughs> and Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And we really know that these two things that Jesus laid out encompass the entirety of the Ten Commandments and the entirety of the law. You'll notice the first half of the Ten Commandments are about loving God, and the second half are about loving your neighbor. Almost. First four, um, second six. Right. So yeah. whatever. The first half, second half, um, give or take. And... This is interesting that Jesus just simplified it and tied it all together for us. But then I've also heard it said to love your neighbor is to love God. So while we're loving our neighbor, we're loving Jesus because he's told us to do this and our obedience is love to him. Well, and at the same time, Jesus said, if you feed someone, give them water, visit someone in prison. He said, when you if do you've done this to one of the least of these, you've done it to me. He's right. saying, you're you're revealing your love for me by loving others. Right. And to disjoint those from each other, to say, well, I'm only loving others today, but I failed to love God. It's like, what? Or, well, I really loved God, but I didn't love 
others is to say, well, then were you really loving God that well in the first place? You might have checked off a box. Right. Well, First John chapter 4 says that's literally impossible. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Anyone who says, I hate my brother. And, and says, I, I love God is a liar. Yeah. yeah. So you might say, well, I spent time with God. That's great. You spent time with him. Yeah. But you didn't really love in yeah. action. And uh, that's interesting. I think there's another key thing that gets... Uh, I mean, this happens just everywhere, right? Like we disjoint uh, following Jesus, like like a moment of like, hey, I prayed a prayer or a moment of surrender from joining him in his mission, for example. Like if you if you grew up like I grew up, the, the feeling was, hey, you follow Jesus, so just pray a prayer, you know. Jesus, please forgive me for my sins, and I acknowledge you as Lord. And you're forgiven, and you become a Christian. And then your responsibility from that point on is to show up, sit your tail in church, and give your 10%, and take in, and take in, and take in, and become spiritually obese. And and then it's like if you graduate from that, if you get really special, then you can join Jesus in his mission. Although I would even say today what you just described is not even— the expectation for many because today we hear well it's just me and Jesus and I'm cool with him and he's cool with me I don't need the church right well I mean and, and that's a whole that's, that's a whole another other disjointed right. because the church is the bride of Christ right you can't say that you love Jesus and hate his church now I understand there's church hurt people may have wronged you and I'm sorry for that I have been on the receiving end of that as well and it sucks it's horrible but I have made a commitment to Jesus, and my family has, and therefore we've said we will always be involved in the local church, whatever that looks like, however hard or however joyous they, that may be. We'll always be involved right. because that's what Jesus is about. It's his bride, and Hebrews 10 says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And so, again, we can disjoint, well, I, I'm cool with Jesus, but not with his church. That'd be like you coming to me, Charlie, um, I'd love to have dinner with your family, but could you keep your wife away? Right. Like that's Excuse a, me? Yeah. Like, that's my bride you're talking about. No. No, I understand if you want some bro time, just you and me grab coffee. But if you literally came to me and you're like, hey, my family would like to have dinner with your family, you and your kids and my kids, but keep your wife away. Right. What? That would be problematic. Yeah. Yeah. There is... I, and I mean, we just keep doing this. We cherry pick parts of Christianity that we like and ignore parts of Christianity that we don't like. We say this thing is more important than that thing or this thing is separate from that thing. And like ultimately we get this like really, I don't know, it's kind of like a disgusting jumbled mess of a life because we've missed what it really means to truly follow Jesus and that there's a huge amount of unity in all of these aspects of what it means to follow him. You can't not love your neighbor and love Jesus. You can't say you love Jesus and not be a part of his body. You can't, like, these things all go together. Absolutely. I think uh, another disjointed thing um, is a misunderstanding of the gospel where we we almost, with regard to morality. Yeah. Like, this gets to become a disjointed subject where we say, well, God must be good with me because I'm moral. Right. So, I mean... We've removed the core of the gospel from our everyday living in the way that it's laid out in the scriptures. Right. So, obviously, the secular world 
I mean, and I think this is even becoming less common now, but for so many, for so many years, it seemed, I mean, we're getting up there in years now, but like you look out at the secular world and they say, Hey, what does it take to get to heaven? And they say, being a good person. So there's that reality of like, Hey, if I'm just a good person, then I'm going to make my way to Jesus. And I've still heard that said to this day from extended family members, even. Right. And the crazy thing is, is that this kind of bizarre theology that's not biblical, not from not from Jesus, is has snuck its way into the local church. Uh, various denominations, I would say, are probably more at fault than other denominations, and various individuals are more at fault than other individuals. But there's a lot. There's this sense that if I do good things, good things will happen to me, and I'm okay, if I do good things. I'm okay with God and God's okay with me as long as I'm, you know, not stealing and not lying and doing that kind of thing, then then we're all good. Then we're good. good. Yeah. But I'm going to make a controversial statement for a moment. And that statement is the core of Christianity is amoral. Amoral. Meaning Meaning not relating to moral morality. Yeah. It has nothing to do with it. Now you're probably like, what the heck did you just say? Let me unpack that. Um, I hope that you live out morality depending on your definition of it. I don't want you to be deceiving your neighbor and cheating on your wife and killing the person that makes you angry. I don't want that. Yeah. Obviously. Hope it's obvious. And (laughs) uh, what I mean is sometimes our disjointed lives have boiled down Christianity to say, be a better version of you, be a good person and be moral and you're good. Mm -hmm. And our disjointed reality boils down to that. Right. And that is not true. Actually, the core of Christianity is the is the person of Jesus, and what he does is he brings us out of death and into life. And Christianity at the core is us being made alive in Christ, his life in us, us in Christ, the fullness of life. You may have an atheist who is still completely dead in their sins and is the most moral person you've ever met. Let's talk about Mormons, some of the nicest, most moral people. Many of them, yeah, let's completely talk, dead in their sin. Let's talk about Muslims. Some of the like most radically yeah. kind, generous people I've ever met have been Muslim. So there you go. Uh, how how does that overlap then? Like, are they not good? No, they're not good. They're they're on their way to hell, and they're missing out on eternity with Christ in relationship with Jesus right now. And so, yes, I hope that you are moral. But that's not the core of Christianity. The core is that you're made alive in Christ by repenting of your sin and trusting in him as your Lord and Savior. Right. So that was a huge amount of content just now. Uh, Let's break that down a little bit. All right. So when you think of following Jesus, my hope is that you think of living a holy life. Um, For many of us as Protestants, you may have grown up in a church like me where holiness was barely even mentioned, um, where, where this idea that you, once you decide to follow Jesus and Jesus has paid the price for your sins, you shouldn't try to earn it because you can't. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 makes that really, really obvious. It's, it's not possible to earn your salvation. But at the same time, as a follower of Jesus, as someone striving to, to, to do the things that Jesus did, because we've talked about this before, being a follower of Jesus, or being a Christian means being a follower of Jesus. Some will say that the Greek will break down and say, you're a little Christ. This is a, 
being a little Christ includes this life of holiness, this life of holiness, this life of honoring God. And that that wasn't me interrupting you. I apologize. Uh That was me cracking on the word holiness the first time (laughs) and then trying to make a joke out of it. Maybe while we're on it, you've grown up in a church where holiness was misdefined and overemphasized. Right. Where you heard nothing of grace, nothing of the Spirit of God empowering you. It was all be a better person. You suck. Be a better person. Do better. Try harder. Right. Don't do these bad things anymore. And it was all emphasizing that. And and this word righteous, which I'm going to throw into the mix, which means right standing with God, was dependent on you and your actions. You were made righteous based upon whether or not you honored Jesus or not. Yes. And then you could also, oh man, we're getting theological today, bring up sanctified. Right. Which is essentially to be set apart or often defined as to be made holy or to be holy. Now, and and to break that word down just a little bit more, sanctification, you know that you, you can hear that word even in the English, saint, All followers of Jesus are considered saints, biblically speaking. So it's the process of becoming a saint or the process of becoming more Christian. More, not more Christian, I wouldn't say, uh, Okay, it does come across bad. It sounds like you're working your way to become one, but... More like Christ. Set apart. It literally means separated. So what does that mean? Well, you're separated from your sin and you're separated unto devotion to God. Hmm. And... I think there's a scripture that says it really well. Hebrews 10.10. 10. Uh, check this out. Incredible passage of scripture that lays it out for us. Um, we have been sanctified already through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So it says we've already been sanctified, but then if you continue reading, um, you get to verse 14. For by a single offering... Jesus has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. So positionally in Christ as to our identity, who we are, we are already separated. We are already made holy. You're a saint. We're a saint. I'm positionally holy. I'm positionally in Christ. I'm separated from the world and and completely in him. Yet my day-to-day practice, I'm still growing. I'm still trusting in Christ. I'm still becoming more like Jesus and that's a day-to-day process of how that's worked out. Um, so all of that to say is there's a balance to be had there in the middle of the tension. Right. Which is on one end, you're not earning your you're not earning your status of of righteousness before Jesus. You're not earning your holiness. Like you can't earn your holiness. You can't be good enough to earn your way to heaven. None of that exists. But as someone who is positionally to use your word charlie already a saint someone who's been saved by the blood of jesus not by your own actions you you are called to live a life of holiness yeah start living like you are right and we covered that a couple of episodes ago like there i mean you can't read the new testament even and, and you don't even have to like you know how your pastor always like comes up with this deep contextualization and like oh, there's deep context here. And if you just understood the context, there would be all this information. You don't even need that. Like just a simple, straightforward reading of the New Testament mm-hmm. will present this this good news that says you're saved by grace and called to live lives of holiness. So so separating them is a problem. Yes. And um, I would say back to the 
key of the topic we're talking about, disjointed beliefs. Um, where do we go from here? How do we make sure we're not living disjointed lives of disjointed beliefs and getting off track? I think it needs to come back to the core of what Jesus proclaimed, which is love God, love others, proclaim the gospel, and make disciples of all nations. Bring it back to the core of loving Jesus and loving others and making an impact on this world. And if you filter everything through that lens, I believe it will put you on the right track. Right. And even even at a simpler level than that, if you catch yourself saying that such and such part of the Christian life exists separately from such and such part of the Christian life, be really cautious. Like there, I, I can't think of anything right now, but there may exist something where that's true, where such and such part of the Christian life exists separately than such, such and, and such. such part of a Christian life. But as of this moment, I can't think of anything. And my guess is that if, if you come across a moment where you're seeing that in yourself or in someone that you deeply love, and maybe you're an accountability buddy too, it, it might be time to say, hey, have you inappropriately separated these things? Have you taken one part of the good news of Jesus and separated it from another part of the good news when really this is what it means to be a Christian, both of these things at the same time? Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, uh, this scripture came to mind I'd love to just share as we wrap up this conversation, and it's out of First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It says, May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, set you apart completely, so every part of you, and may your whole, not not divided parts or disjointed parts, may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. So the good news is he's faithful. He will do it. We need to just surrender, say yes to Jesus and obey. Surrender and obey. Surrender and obey. And obedience is not easy, but it is worthwhile. <laughs> I, I I mean His commands I, are not burdensome though So Right Which is interesting Because they're blessing filled Yeah In my opinion Like that's why they're not burdensome It's not like Hey I have to do this thing And because I have to do And then I just continue to suffer <laughs> Like It's like if you choose To obey Jesus' commands I believe that there's Inherent blessing yep. Like if you actually Love your neighbor There's a blessing In actually loving your neighbor Or in actually honoring Your father and mother Or in you know what, Whatever Command mm. you want Like there there's blessing Built in Because God didn't want To just make life not fun He wanted us to have A good life Amen. Well, thank you guys for joining this episode of Fuel for the Harvest. Uh, I hope you have an incredible Christmas season and that you enjoy these red flag episodes over the, the this time. We know it's a really crazy season uh, with the holidays and all that's going on, especially in the U.S. Uh, if you're in another nation listening in, it might be different in your context. But for the sake of the season, we decided to do just slightly uh, shorter episodes and hope that you enjoy them along the way. If you have any thoughts, questions, or maybe you see a red flag or you have a question you'd love for us to uh, dig into, send us an email at fuelfortheharvest at gmail.com and we would love to address a topic that you have that's fuelfortheharvest at gmail.com. No spaces. No spaces. Uh, thank you guys for joining us again. God bless you and we'll see you next time.